The American Council of the Blind presents ACB Reports, a monthly news magazine containing topics of interest to people who are blind or have low vision. I'm Mike Duke. This month, Lynn Cooper will guide us through the racks and shelves of spring and summer fashions. But first, an update from Chris Gray, president of the American Council of the Blind, as we begin ACB Reports for May 2007. Each year, usually in February, the presidents of many state and special interest affiliates of the American Council of the Blind gather for a weekend meeting. American Council of the Blind President Chris Gray opened this year's meeting with a national update. I want to uh, begin my remarks by bringing you greetings from the Board of Directors of the American Council of the Blind, from myself, from Marvelena, of course. And I want to begin by updating you on the kinds of changes that have occurred in ACB roughly since uh, the convention. The American Council of the Blind appears to be really turning the corner financially. During 2006, the ACBES board, with the great leadership of Michael Garrett, began turning things around in some of our stores. Near the end of the year, ACB's profitability continued to increase. Lane and Michael Garrett work together to make that a reality. And while it is a modest, very modest increase, for the first time since 2001, ACBES has increased its contribution to ACB in the 2007 budget. <laughs> Similarly, ACB's finances have improved overall. Melanie Lane, the Budget Committee, and I intend to present a balanced budget to the board for 2007. It will be a balanced budget, and it will be a fairly conservative budget. We want to make sure that we rebuild in a meaningful way, but not a huge way during this first year. We'll probably have a little bit of additional funding to give our website a facelift, something I know that many of you have wanted us to do. Looking now outside of ACB, we have a number of issues facing us, and ACB's committees have been very hard at work to try and help all of us address those issues. I particularly want to acknowledge a lot of great work done by Susan Mazrui and her committee on information access, working with the Google and many others to help with accessibility. And I also want to particularly acknowledge the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force. Many of its members are here today and will be involved in a major presentation to you of a white paper on rehabilitation issues that I believe you're going to be able to take home and do great things with in your states around the country. We know that uh, this year, even more so than last year, the Randolph Shepard program faces potential difficulty. Other forces around the country continue to work against the blind priority in Randolph Shepard vending. We have to be mindful about that, and we have to remember, yes, this does affect only vendors, but if the blindness priority disappears for vending, the next step down the road is the Javits-Wagner O'Day program, and the next step down the road from there is hard to predict but we need to do everything we can to hold the line and keep the priority intact 
as it is today. Another major area that you've heard quite a bit about has to do with the potential in 2007-2008 for Social Security reform. For many years, I have hoped and believed that Social Security could come back on the table. And finally it has. We're prepared to be a part of changes that may occur. And uh, when I hear a conversation that says there's a possibility of not just raising, but entirely doing away with the SGA, that is wonderful, wonderful news. I don't know if we can extend that to SSI, but I, for one, and I, I know you'll join me in agreeing that having SSA back on the table again hopefully will be very good news for blind people. Many of us had a wonderful time late last year on the ACB cruise, a 14-day cruise through Europe, and I always want to promote the cruise because A, it's great fun, and B, it raises good substantial income for ACB. So keep that cruising in mind. I hope many of you saw my Braille Forum article about the cruise uh, late in 2006. Perhaps the greatest publicity coup that ACB has ever experienced occurred also late in 2006 when the accessible currency case broke to the media. I have to say, folks, the media got it better than some blind people get it. <laughs> and it's amazing, it is truly amazing how people that I've run across in the sighted public really respond positively at the idea that we could do more to make our money supply accessible. And they always say to me, and it won't just help blind people like you, it would help my mother, it would help my cousin, it would help me in a dark room. I mean, they really, really get it. We really weren't prepared for this case to come up the way it did. In fact, uh, we began getting calls from the media before we had calls from the court system. And ACB and our staff did a wonderful, wonderful job in catching up on that. For ACB to have been on Good Morning America twice within two weeks is truly significant. The kind of coverage that we got, many, many board members were interviewed, participated. I know I was interviewed a few times and actually found out through some channels that part of one of my interviews with Good Morning America showed up on BBC TV in the United Kingdom. That's how big this story has been for ACB. And it will continue to be big. I believe that the appeal by Treasury will not be successful and that they will finally have to sit down at the table and talk. Imagine that. Talk with some blind people about accessible currency. That's all we really want. We were at the Sagebrush Conference a few weeks ago. A lady was talking with us about the currency, and we told her about the petition. You all know about the petition, right? I mean, this petition online way of mobilizing people and of, of being able to gather numbers of supporters is a wonderful thing. 
my next Braille Forum article will be about the petitions online and about this petition in general. We told the lady about this petition because she said, what could I do to help? And I think it was Marvelena who said, you know, it would be great if we could have something to hand out to people because she's not going to remember that web address just in her head. And before we left the table, we had created a card that you can take if you want, and when someone asks you how they can help about accessible currency, you can hand them this card. It says in all caps, money that can be read by all. If you agree, please sign the petition at http colon slash slash www dot money for, and it's a numeral for, all dot info. So it's a very simple card, very effective. It gives a brief message. And this petition went online after the major publicity was over. It was, I believe, at the very end of 2006. Someone said to me, oh, that petition is never going to get very many signatures. And my comment at that time was, I'll let you know when we break a 1,000. Believing in my heart of hearts that we would go well over a 1,000. Ladies and gentlemen, early this week, we were over 5,500. This is with no great publicity about the petition, through word of mouth, primarily in the blind community, and I believe we can do great things with this. We'll be ready to announce the petition next time we have a good media coverage. And this uh, is going to be a great way for us to have people know ACB, remember our name for the future, and to help us let others say that they believe in this cause as well. We have a lot of great things in the pipeline for 2007. One of those while it doesn't affect us directly, is a great opportunity for ACB that I thought you'd like to know about. I've been approached about the first African Congress of the Blind to be held in May of 2007 in Nairobi, Kenya. The reason that I was approached was with a question. Would there be any possibility for ACB Radio to provide worldwide coverage for this conference. Wouldn't that be great? We've already begun to be in touch with possible sponsors for this activity, and as we covered the World Blind Union in 2005 and put ACB on the international map of organizations of and for the blind, we will do everything we can to go to the African Congress in May of this year. We have a great program for you. If there was one theme of this program, I think it would be to work on communication and to work on leadership. It's wonderful to have you all here, and I thank you very much. ACB President Chris Gray was recorded at the meeting of affiliate presidents held this year in Arlington, Virginia. A portion of each mid-year meeting is devoted to a discussion of the upcoming National Convention of the American Council of the Blind. 
This year, the 46th annual convention will be held in Minneapolis, Minnesota from June 30th through July 7th. The convention hotels are the Hyatt Regency with a rate of $81 plus tax per night for singles or doubles and the Millennium with a rate of $84 per night plus tax. To make individual reservations at the Hyatt, phone 800-233-1234. For reservations at the Millennium, phone 800-522-8856. You're listening to ACB Reports from the American Council of the Blind. Ah, it's springtime when our thoughts turn to clothing. To help guide these thoughts, here's Lynn Cooper. First of all, I wanted to thank our listeners for their continued support and their feedback. With that in mind, Mike, I wanted to send a special hello to our seniors in a senior center out in Idaho. They've called in and mentioned their listening, and I sure hope they caught our show on seniors a while ago, but it's so nice to hear from y'all. I wanted to offer some resource information. A few months ago, a listener contacted me regarding a product that I mentioned on air, and as our listeners know over the how many years I've been doing this, I don't usually support and promote a product. I lost the phone number for the listener who contacted me, but I'm going to throw it out for everyone. It's a great product. It is Stain Stoppers Disposable Underarm Shields, and they are made by the L.O. Company, and that is E-L-L-O Manufacturing Company. Their phone number is 1-800-524-4798. I repeat, their phone number is 1-800-524-4798, and their web address is www.regalsales.com, R-E-G-A-L-S-A-L-E-S.com. And this is the spring and summer 2007 trend snapshot. And I'll start with the gals. We are not advocating that people run out and buy all of these. We are just trying to make it equitable because it may not be easy, if at all possible, to see what is in the pages of the fashion magazines. Number one, blast from the past, and that is from the 60s. One of the real hot trends, Mike, is a 1960s look, the mini skirts, the trapeze dress, which basically is almost like a halter top, and then it goes out to the sides. It's very straight. We used to call them shifts. Micro minis. Yes, they are back. Once again, we are not advocating that people wear them, but this is what is on the runway. Sleeveless dresses, halter dresses, as I said, above the knee. Whether you go 10 inches above the knee and you're young and you can carry it off, or you are just a couple inches above the knee, that would make one look current. Space-age fabrics, silvers, treated plastic-coated fabrics, futuristic looks, at least what kind of those space-age movies back in the 60s portrayed anyway. Metallic and high-gloss fabrics are really big. Dresses are big. All shapes, from short to long, slim, flouncy, but once again, all above the knee. And another look that's especially good for evening is the Grecian look, and that's usually done in a jersey knit with a lot of draping, either off the shoulder or off the neckline, kind of an ancient Greece look. Then we have a real big look, which is a spring and summer coat, and that is really obviously not so much warm for practicality or warmth, but it is a style point. It is the rage, cut to a round 
the knee, not longer, worn over skirts, dresses, slacks, and shorts. Trenches are fine, but not long. We don't want to see a trench this uh, spring and summer. The trend is not uh, long trenches. So they can be done in fun prints, colors, always belted. Blazers are big, Mike, fitted or slouchy. Either fitted blazers stopping at the hips or just above, or a very slouchy boyfriend's jacket, which almost looks like you grabbed your boyfriend or your husband's jacket over slacks, over skirts, what have you. Micro minis, as I mentioned earlier, are real big. The mini skirt is back. Once again, age appropriateness is important. And then, Mike, what we're finding, once again, probably for the younger gals, are shorts. Uh, we used to call them hot pants back in the day, but these are cuffed shorts. And once again, designers like to push the envelope because what comes down that runway is drama and theater. What gets delivered to your local department store, boutique, what have you, is usually much different, meaning it'll be longer. It'll be more adapted to a real body. Leggings are big. One way to pull off this uh, micro mini look appropriately is to wear them over leggings. This was shown last fall, but now the twist on it is metallic fabric leggings, if you can imagine. And uh, if you have heavy legs, really steer clear of the metallic. But speaking of metallics, Mike, silver. Every year it seems to change. We go from a season where gold is the look to the next year, which it is this spring and summer, which is silver, and that's found in clothing and accessories. And for our listeners, Mike, what we've made a point of is saying, pull in one of these trends in a small, inexpensive way. And this is a real good way to do it, whether it be a pair of shoes, whether it be a little scarf in a metallic, a silver, uh, a little handbag. That way, tuck it in your closet. If it doesn't hit you, bring it back in a couple years when silver is big again. Then what we are finding really big, and this kind of goes back to that blast from the past, are adorned fabrics. And what I mean by adorned, Mike, is that they're done in real heavy beading, and they really weigh a ton, quite frankly. So imagine a sleeveless dress, very simple, not a lot of embellishment on the dress itself, but now it's going to be covered with big, huge, even pieces of mirror, big sequins, big buttons, metal and fabric beads, really, really a lot of that going on. And sometimes that's just up at the neckline, sometimes it's at the hemline, but a lot of adornment. Then we're seeing jewel tones, and what we mean by jewel tones are the colors in colored gemstones, ruby red, amethyst violet or purple, blue, the really rich colors that are often reserved for fall. And then number 10 in our hit list for spring and summer for women are cropped jackets, meaning cut off, if you will, three-quarter length sleeves, not a fitted jacket, but loose, kind of a retro look, almost a 1940s usually a collar, maybe without, not even to the hips. It is a real big look. Now, that is a way to sort of get a new look and without spending a lot of money if you hit a lower-cost store. Hair, makeup, footwear, and accessories also complete our look. Hair, the look this spring and summer, is very sleek. That's been done for a few years. Long, but once again, if somebody has short hair, you can't do much about that. Sleek, straight, pulled back in a ponytail or behind one's ears or in a knot, a French twist above your head. Makeup is uh, very subtle, and we're seeing a lot of bronze eyeshadow. Footwear, we're continuing, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, with the real ultra big platform wedgies. Platform meaning there's raised sole, and then the wedge, which is not a heel so much, but a wedge. The sole goes straight across, and those are high.
you can do a wedge in a more modified width, but a wedge is really big, whether it be in a closed toe shoe or a sandal. And chunky versus thin stiletto high heels. So we're still seeing high heels, still doing some platform soles, which, by the way, make a high heel easier to walk in, but they are chunky. And then, Mike, a real practical, practical, practical shoe for real life is a ballet flat. In ballet, we mean like the ballet. It's designed after the ballet shoe that ballerinas wear. That's a real nice practical shoe to walk and you can get that in black, a color, maybe even get it in a metallic. Accessories. We're seeing a lot of large aviator style sunglasses. Large bags, oversized clutches. A clutch would normally be a little something you'd carry to a dinner party. Well, the designers are pumping those up like four or five times as large as you'd expect to see them. Once again, drama. Satin backpacks, Prada, one big designer that's um, showing them. I would not suggest one invest in a lot of these because these really do have a short uh, shelf life. Silver, big, can get that from uh, the low end to the high end. And minimal or no jewelry. You know, some years we see a lot of drippy, droppy jewelry and necklaces and what have you. I think because of the so much of the adornment on the clothing, we're seeing a very spare, pared-down look. Where the 60s are coming back for women, the 70s are back for men. Essentially, tailored, tight suits, very tailored, very slim. And once again, even if we are a little heavier, we just don't want a real boxy British cut suit this spring and summer. Narrow jackets. We're kind of getting away, Mike, from the three or four button jackets. We're seeing a very low gutter, the uh, opening above the first button. That's referred to as a gutter on a men's suit. And that is usually now shown in just two buttons. And the pants, flat front, remain. There's a little bit of a bell, not terribly much, a little bit of a flare from the knee down. Lots of natural color tones and fabrics. What I mean is the color of straw, beige, sand, light khaki. This is so nice to know because it is so easy to buy. You're seeing the gamut of natural tones, tops and bottoms. That's really nice and easy, and one can buy those at every price point. And linen is big again. I know Americans, we tend to get a little uh, afraid of linen because it wrinkles, but that is the appeal of it. So if you wanted to throw on a slouchy jacket in linen, go for it. Full shorts, baggy, pleated to the knees, kind of like I used to say with my grandpa's Bermuda shorts, are being shown again. You can wear it with a dress shirt, a belt, loafers, without socks and a look that we're seeing with the belt is a longer belt than is usually worn instead of being pulled through the belt loops it hangs so that's kind of a uh, updated relaxed take on that dark blue jeans remain you know you can wear whatever color you want if you have them but once again off the runways we're looking at that dark 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 indigo blue and what I really, really noticed a lot of, and this is a real big look, in everything from casual wear, shirts, pants, shorts, what have you, are stripes. And you're seeing a lot of stripes in men's suits with a little pinstripe or a chalk stripe, which we've uh, talked about before, which is a little wider. Imagine that you were putting a line of chalk on a chalkboard. Stripes are big, real big. Zip jackets were continuing that trend. Very few bells and whistles on the jacket. You know, not a lot of pockets, not a lot of collars, not a lot of goo guys. Very, very sleek. 
We're also seeing, this is for casual, bold prints and florals, geometrics, and fellas, it's not a bad idea to wear those out. Always preferable, no matter what size. It's a more casual look. Wear it out over your khaki pants. Do not tuck them in. That's usually if they have a level a hem, meaning if they're shirt tails, tuck them in. If it dips down, if those are what we call shirt tails, tuck it into the pants. If not, straight across, then you can leave it out. And white jeans are real big, too. Once again, on the runway, because in real life, I personally would wear them once and they would be full of schmutz. So we have to be very, very careful. They tend to be high maintenance. Hair, footwear, and accessories. Hair is shorter on the sides, not so much buzz cut, but shorter on the sides with longer on the top, kind of dipping down on one's forehead, kind of fun. Footwear, loafers remain big. Of course, it's fun if you can do it. Not great for your shoes, but uh, without socks, you know, if you're going to make a, a wow impression. And accessories, wrap-around aviator sunglasses for men, as we mentioned, for women. Canvas belts are kind of fun, and especially if you're going to do that casual six, eight inches hang down past the buckle. And that is it for men and women. That was Lynn Cooper of Lynn Cooper & Associates, Chicago. Lynn Cooper developed the Mirrors Project as part of her personal and professional effort to make the world accessible to all people and to offer positive reflections to people of all abilities. These personal image segments heard on ACB Reports are an ongoing part of the Mirrors Project. Lynn has established an email address through which to receive your feedback, comments, and suggestions regarding these personal image segments. That address is mirrors1usa at yahoo.com. That's M-I-R-R-O-R-S-1-U-S-A at yahoo.com. What's in store for attendees this year at the annual convention of the American Council of the Blind? We'll get some ideas next month as we visit with Carla Rushville, Convention Coordinator on ACB Reports. You've been listening to ACB Reports, heard on radio information services nationwide on side four of the Braille Forum cassette edition and throughout the world on acbradio.org. ACB Reports is produced at Radio Reading Service of Mississippi, a service of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Send suggestions and comments about this program to reports at acbradio.org. Contact the American Council of the Blind online at acb.org or phone 800-424-8666. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next month for another ACB Reports. Connecting the blind community around the world, this is ACB Radio.